Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RA Podcast LLC. Oh, what? This is episode 409, recorded live on April 25th, 2015. And here are your hosts. The man who's going to ask me about the intro, Dave Pillay. What? And a man who's got the answer in this envelope right in front of him, Andy Love. Hi. RA Podcast LLC? That is what it says. Holy crap. Andy, we're business owners. Yes. Yes, we are. That only took 400 episodes. <laughs> 400 episodes and about two hours of filling out the paperwork. Yep. And then not getting even, it signed. Not even. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yes. Congratulations. Now, like, yeah, well, thank you. Now, uh, it doesn't mean much because we don't have anything else basically attached to it, but it does exist. It exists. It do we have to do, like, payroll stuff? Well, we we can start, you know, once we get, uh, now that we have an LLC, now we can start filing for tax IDs and federal ID numbers and everything for it. Okay. And, like, business accounts. Yes. Cool. Well done. <laughs> yeah, it, it was slightly anticlimactic. We were just like, oh, envelopes here. And we open up and like, this is it? This is literally the... <laughs> I mean, what did you expect it to have? Well, it's literally the the one paper we signed... Yeah, for our records. Yeah, and it's, it's there's a little stamp on here saying that it was filed. Okay. And we have uh, but a like, little... Again, what did you expect? Like a package of welcome to being a business owner? I don't know. I felt like it would be something more official looking. Nope. Sort of like a diploma or something. Nope. Yeah, it's just a just a sheet of paper. Yep. Congratulations. Very I, cool. I actually went online to verify that it was even actually, you know... <laughs> that it was filed? Yeah. Where where did you go to verify that? Oh, um, it was... Never mind. It's okay. It's somewhere in the Michigan's government website, and it's... Yep. Yeah. So we are a company in Michigan. Yes. Yay. Does that mean I need to file Michigan taxes? I don't know. Uh-oh. I'm looking into that, because there's two ways of setting this up. We could set it up as a partnership, because there's two of us, but then that gets a little bit more complicated. Or you could just own it. Yeah. I could create it as a sole proprietary ownership, and then that would be a little bit easier. Because yeah. then that's just a couple of extra. It just means that should taxes. you should you decide to steal the whole thing, there's nothing I can do. That would be a bit mean. It would be terrifying. Please don't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. I mean, it's not like you have access to the code or anything. True. You could steal the the legal entity. You'd have a hard time stealing the actual show. <laughs> I could steal the legal entity and then file to gain rights to? Yes, possibly. I mean, I the show know. was never tied to the legal entity until now. Yes. So I don't think you could actually file for the first 405 episodes. You mean the first 408 episodes? Yeah. Well, it depends on when that thing became effective. Was it when they filed it or when we signed it? I think it's when they filed it. In any case, congratulations. Thank you. We're a company. I think we should still say RAPodcast.net in the intro. That sounds fine. Because RA Podcast LLC just sounds weird. Yeah, but we have to ver- we have to put the LLC on the thing. On on which thing? When we when you talk about the business name, it is RA Podcast LLC. Okay, so we can also just call it RA Podcast unless it's a legal document. Yes. The show is not a legal document. No. So what's really funny, though, is the fact that there's still technically a... F- filing pending on RA Podcast LLC, even though there is the RA Podcast LLC Limited Liability Company. Okay. So 
I'm confused. Yeah, me too. How is it still pending if we have it filed? That is an excellent question. Okay. One which I'm sure you will investigate. (laughs) Right, Mr. Business Owner? Yes, I probably should investigate why the heck there's two of them on there. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Formation date is the 10th. Oh, so we've actually had it for a while. Yep, two weeks. All right, so it's 406 episodes? Sure. Sure. Somewhere around there. <laughs> Shows how much we're paying attention. It's we, We're a company. Okay, now what? Cool. So back to the normal operations and day-to-day stuff that we do? Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Do we go to topics? Do we go to, to banter? Even now, it's very anticlimactic, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe we should just reconsider the whole intro. Say like, yeah, we're a company. Moving on. Moving on. Baja Blast is now out in the public again. This is the the Mountain Dew that is only available at Taco Bell, yes. except for certain parts of the year. Yes, and now is and it is time. now that certain part of the year. Yes, it does not feel like Baja outside. No, it doesn't. It is fifty two degrees outside. It was snowing at the Tigers game a couple days ago. It yeah. was snowing. Yeah. Baseball and snow. No. Go together just fine. Except for the poor little play- baseball players. Oh, yes, so delicate. I don't know. One of the guys got nailed by a 90 mile an hour fastball. Ow. I feel like that would be even worse. Did they stop weather. the game because of it? What? Did they stop the game because of it? Because of the weather? No, because he got hit by a 90-mile-an-hour ball. No, he just took it like a man and went to first base. (laughs) Ow. Yeah, right in the ribs, too. Ow. Yeah. I'm probably going to catch some flack for making fun of baseball players there, but come on. A little bit of rain makes the game more fun. (laughs) At least more fun to watch. Makes it more fun to watch like a demolition derby. Yeah. Have you ever watched a demolition derby? Yes. Yes, I have. Aren't they fun to watch? They're not bad. I haven't been to one recently, though. I got to see what they're like now, because back when I was younger, when I was younger, geez. (laughs) When I was your age, old man Andy. Get off my lawn. Was Um, was that an Irma Gerd get off my lawn? (laughs) I don't know what that was. (laughs) Mixing memes a little bit, Andy. That was, it was supposed to be a, a shaking fist. Now I have a vision of you as like a pirate old man, like, Yar, get off me lawn. Herbities, don't make me break out my cane peg leg. No, that sounded more like John McCain. You are terrible at voices, sir. Yes, yes, I am. I still remember when I was younger, I was trying to do a Grover impression. And it came out as Yoda. Okay, but that's actually realistic. The two that, of yes, them are next to each other. Both of them were done by Frank Oz. Yes, yeah. I understand. But still, in my head, I'm like, Grover, okay. And then Yoda comes out. And my, <laughs> my sister looks at me. She's like, is that Yoda? I'm like, it no. It was supposed that, to be Grover. It was supposed to be Grover. See, that's much more forgivable than I'm trying to do Miss Piggy and it came out as Yoda. <laughs> also voiced by the great and wonderful Frank Oz. I think he did Fozzie too. Frank Oz was like, it was literally the Frank Oz and Jim Henson show, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Muppets? Yeah. Yeah, it was the two of them. Did you hear they're trying to bring the Muppets back again? As a show? As a show? Yes. Do you know how excited I am about that? I don't know. I am really, really excited about that. I would very much like that to happen. I don't know. 
Why not? You like the Muppet Show. I did. But when they tried to bring it back, it was okay. Most of the time, they just tried to redo the skits that they did originally back in the original show. Well, but look at what they did online, right? Leading up to the Muppet movie. Oh, yeah. All the all the um, Muppets work great for YouTube clips. In short clips. bites. Right. They're, they're fantastic for short bites because it was a skit show. But my, my point is, those were really well done and well designed and well executed. Did I enjoy the Muppet movie? It wasn't bad. Have I seen the second one? No. There was a second one? There was a second one. Oh. Yes, there was a second one. I haven't seen it. But even so, I'm excited for the show. I think it'll do a good job. I think it has a lot of potential. I really like the Muppets. Well, we'll find out when it happens. Okay. Another show that is uh, coming back is Daredevil. Didn't it has just come already out? Been, it just came out two and a half weeks ago. Jeez. It has been approved for season two. Now, we have to, we have to clarify a few things. First off, uh, it's not a TV show. It's Netflix. It is a Netflix original series. Second, it's not like it's only in its third episode and it's been renewed for a second season. When Netflix releases a Netflix show, they release the entire show. So people have seen the entire season, and now it is approved for a second season. What what would you call it? It's not a TV show. Why? It's a show that's on your television. No, it's not. I, I do not. I mean, yes, technically I put it on my television, but through Chromecast, not through television. I put it on my monitor is what I do. It's, well, it's a series of some kind, if you can say yes, that. Yes, but it's not designed for uh, serialized chunks. It's broken up so that you can, but it's not like, uh, you know, we've got a 10-minute segment with a commercial and then another 10-minute segment. It's very different than a TV show. How many episodes have you seen, by the way? Uh, we're getting close to the end. I've seen like 10 or 11 how does the time between episodes work? I.e., are these like 13 episodes like in this? Some of them are continuous. Some of them pick up right where the other one left off. But there are others where there's a break between episodes? I have to think about it. I don't recall. Yeah, there must be. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure there there are a few where there's there's an implied couple days between the episodes. Okay. I You see the... <sighs> The format is different than a TV show. Yeah, no, I and I'm wondering just if Netflix is smart to... Granted, Netflix's overhead for the distribution of these things... Minimal. Minimal. Because they already have everything in place. They are the... Well, I'm not sure. Are they the producers of this, or are they just the distributors? Uh, it's Netflix original, isn't it? Yeah, but that just means it could be... Production company... No, I don't want the Daredevil film. Daredevil executive producers. That's a lot of executive producers. Production companies. D-Night Productions, Goddard Textiles, ABC Studios, and Marvel Television. Okay, so it is still a Marvel production, and Netflix is paying basically ABC to distribute it. To distribute it. Although it's not clear who paid whom and how much. It may have been one of those cases where they both paid each other. No, I have a feeling Netflix paid ABC for this. Could be. How much do you think Netflix is making from it then? It's hard I mean, to tell because. Are there people who signed up for Netflix 
for this show for this i mm. or i the, i mean the the one that they could hope for is that people who were on the fence about it or who were thinking of giving up their subscription for it went with netflix for this yeah it would all be about the subscriber numbers compared to this time previous year yeah god i just can't believe it's already on approved for season two yeah have you been watching it i don't have netflix i know i'm i'm aware of that have you been watching it? No, no, I have not. Okay, because it's really good. <laughs> like, it's really, really, really good. I still have all of Flash to watch to catch up on Arrow. Abandon your DC comics. Come to the light. I've been catching up on S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Yep. Because you know they're going to do something with Avengers. Yep. You just know that, so I, I got to be like... We have tickets for Avengers next week. I should be getting those. Uh, we haven't gotten our tickets yet in the office, so. Ooh, someone spiffy get them from work. Yes, someone spiffy does get them for work. Yeah, it's, I have a friend who who went to the theater and just bought a block of twenty tickets, <laughs> and then said, "I've got tickets. Let's go." That's one way of doing it. Yep, it's also reserved seating in the Dolby Atmos theater, so. I'm looking forward to having, like, my bones vibrate from the sound. Oh, I'm not. Because the quote-unquote IMAX theater around us, they always crank up the audio too loud. I almost just want to bring, like, earplugs in. Do it. Bring earplugs? Yes, I probably yeah, will. Just bring earplugs. It's always so loud. and just like, really? It's too loud. Too loud. Well, also, I, I have a feeling that they don't adjust the volume level based off of the number of people in the theater. Okay. I assume that more people means you'd have to turn it up. Yes. Because you have more bodies in the room to absorb the sound. Yep. If you're just in the empty room, it's just going to bounce off of the big empty space. Less absorption from people. So, speaking of television. Yeah. Comcast and Time Warner. Have abandoned their merger plans. Yes. We had talked about last week how they were going to meet with the FCC Those and the DOJ. DOJ. Um, they evidently met. And evidently the FCC and the DOJ did not like what they heard. And so they said basically that they were proposing to hold a hearing for this, which basically is their version of a pocket veto. <laughs> we'll we'll have a hearing. And nope. that hearing, you know, will last as long as they want. Mm-hmm. So the companies took that and said, well, that's unfortunate for us. And that was that. They are now going their separate ways of non-competing. This actually surprised me. You thought it was going to go through? I thought it was going to go through. With the amount of, with the, with the quickness that the original Comcast-NBC merger went through, I was expecting this to happen. I, I Yes, with the whole net neutrality stuff going on there, I expected it to take longer, but I still expected it to go through. But my guess is because of the net neutrality arguments, this got put onto the, the front page for a lot of people who ha- actually not have any idea about it. I think uh, there's a quote in one something I read that uh, Al Franken, uh, when he first heard about this, he uh, went around to other senators and said, we need to stop this. And the other senators are like, what are you talking about? What merger? Yeah. And now by the time this came out here, I think he said he had at least six senators out in the public saying that they were going to publicly. Publicly saying. Public, that they yeah, were going they were, to they were publicly vote against voting against this sort of merger. Granted, the, they have no vote in it, but they were publicly against yeah. 
the Time Warner Comcast merger, which that was surprising. I'm pretty glad that it's it's fallen apart. I do worry about that was plan A. What's plan B? Plan B is the fact that uh, Charter, I think, is going to try again to buy Time Warner. That's what so I was I... seeing, that Charter and Time Warner would merge instead. Which is not really any better than Comcast and Time Warner merging. True. It's it's not much better at all. Why do these companies want to merge so badly? Because they'll become too big to fail. Mm. The We can totally screw up and the government will bail us out because there's no one left? Well, in the terms of this thing, is they become too big that they're the elephant in the room. If... If ABC wants to broadcast something across cables, uh, ABC-owned stations like ESPN, that sort of stuff there. If Comcast says, oh, we want to renegotiate ah. the, the contract with you guys to broadcast your channels across our cable network, and they say, no, Comcast is like, all right, we'll just shut you off. And then, boom, there goes 30 million cable subscribers to ESPN. Right. So, totally unfair business practices. Yes. Okay. Which I think is also part of the reason why this merger also did not go through was the fact that after the Comcast-NBC merger, there was a bunch of stipulations that was put in place Mm -hmm. saying, hey, if you guys merge, okay, we'll allow it, but we want you guys to do standalone internet services. We want you to do uh, internet services for low-income households, this sort of stuff there. And you could, Comcast fought that tooth and nail. I think there was a couple of times where like the FCC actually had to bring up litigation against Comcast for stuff that they were supposed to do, yep. but didn't. I recall that. So you think it was because Comcast had such a poor history with it? That's probably part of it as well. Greater public awareness and past practice. Well, we'll just have to keep an eye out and see what comes next. Okay, so just just to put this, joining Carter Charter and Time Warner Cable together um, would put them at 15.6 million video subscribers and 16.4 million broadband customers, which, to put that in perspective, Comcast is at 21.7 and 20.7 million, respectively. So three-quarters the size of Comcast. Yes, when they combine, or if they combine. If, oh my god, if. Please be if, not when. Let's keep that as a hypothetical. Just to put it, oh, also perspective, this is a charter tried to buy t- Time Warner before. They wanted $132 a share. Uh, Time Warner demanded 160 Comcast swooped in with a deal for $158 a share, and that's when Time Warner agreed. So charter now has a price point. <laughs> $158 a share? Yep. Well, but that was a year ago. Things have changed. Yeah, but I have a feeling now Time Warner Cable's going to be like, hey, Charter, you said you wanted to buy us, right? Right? <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you really think Time Warner is looking to get out of the game like that? They looked like they were trying to get out of the game like that originally. Yeah, I guess. But it's not like they approached Comcast. Comcast went to them. After Charter put their bid in, Comcast said, hey, we got a better one for you. Right. But, so, but it was it was Charter seeking it. It was Comcast seeking it. It was okay, never so, Time Warner seeking it. No, you're right. But they did say yes. They did say yes. Sometimes the deal is too good. Well, I'm glad that it got the kibosh. What else do we have? What is this Mobile Geddon? Mobile Geddon is uh, the, the issue that people were having with Google and search results. Uh, last Tuesday, Google was adjusting its algorithm for how high somebody ranks on a Google search result. Yeah. 
So what they were doing was uh, basically increasing the weight of mobile friendliness on your website. Huh. So if you had two websites that were exactly the same, but one of them had a friendly, a mobile friendly site, the other one yeah. did not. Now by mobile friendly, do you mean the M dot instead of www dot? I don't know. Okay. There is a testing tool, though, that Google has put out there to see how mobile-friendly your site is. Oh, really? So we could actually take our podcast and throw it into the mobile-friendly test. Yes, that's kind of what I was about to do. I am Probably analyzing not very, as not we very speak. friendly. Why, you already did it? No, I just know the site and I know certain things. It's probably not very friendly. Well, 75%, 80%. 86%. It's slowing down. <laughs> 88%. Back to the not, future. Not mobile friendly. Yeah, no shit. It wasn't designed for a mobile screen. Yeah. I, I, I'm well aware of that. We're also blocking two resources. I don't know what that Google even block. means. Uh, Does this screenshot look incorrect? Yes. Yeah, we're not mobile friendly. And so we are now going to have... A lower paid rank? Yep. Well, damn. So that's that's what mobile getting is, is the fact that now they are making it so you got to be mobile friendly. I guess so. So also speaking of Google and mobile, Project Fi. Is it Fi or Fee? I think it's Fi. Fee, Fi, Fo, Fum? Because it's along the lines of Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi. Really, Wi-Fi? Oh, uh, Wi-Fi. No. You've never heard it pronounced that way? No, nor should I ever hear it pronounced that way. I, I've had the unfortunate situation of, of having someone ask me for the Wi-Fi password. It's Wi-Fi because it's short for wireless... Wireless fidelity. Yes. So why isn't it Wi-Fi? Fidelity? Is it, is fidelity. It... Don't you dare try to call it Fidelity. Go to work and talk to someone about Fidelity. <laughs> See what the reaction is. Let's see the name. Da-da. Okay, the founding member of the Wi-Fi Alliance who presided over the selection of the name Wi-Fi also stated that the interbrand inter- invention Wi-Fi as a play on words with Hi-Fi. Which was high fidelity. Yes. Yes. But you, you didn't call your Hi-Fi stereo Hi-Fi. Right. I, I understand. Well, it, fee is right out. Like, that's totally wrong. Five is right out. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> Wi-Fi. And so Google Fi. Yes. The hell is Google Fi? Okay, so it's Project Fi. Just to put that out there, I should have changed so that is, in. Is this similar in concept then to Project Loon? Uh, no, this is Google cell phone service. Do you remember what Project Loon was? The balloons to right. give you Wi-Fi signal over rural areas. Right. So in both so, cases, it's Google's Project something that has to do with providing access. Yes, Okay. So Project Fi is you uh, take your Nexus 6 phone or you buy one from Google. Yeah. They give you a special SIM card. Okay. And you have a cell phone. Cool. How is that different than Verizon? Well, okay. So this one is uh, $20 a month for unlimited talks, texting, plus, you know, the taxes. Data is $10 per gigabyte per gigabyte per month. I like the concept of a gigabyte. That's a really big mite. It's a huge mite. Well, I hate bugs. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think you would like to meet a gigamite. No, no, I would not. Okay, so gig, uh, it's how much? Ten, ten bucks per gig? Ten bucks per gig. But that's gig over the cellular network. Yes, because if you're over Wi-Fi... You're just you, using the Wi-Fi. Yeah, you're not getting charged for data, which okay. is normal. Yeah, so, you know... 
don't stream Netflix on this over the cellular. No. So the interesting bit is that they're not using their own network. That, that's not really interesting. That's something I would have taken for granted. They're using a combination of Sprint and T-Mobile. Again, I would have assumed so. I would have assumed What's Google one? going to do? Go out there and build all of their, their network? Like Google Fiber? Point. <laughs> oh, you ran right into that one. I did. But building a local fiber network is a hell of a lot easier than building a national wireless network. Yes, yes, it is. So, yeah. So the surprising fact, though, is the fact that Sprint and T-Mobile use two different cellular technologies. CDMA and LTE and what is it, GSM? GSM. But wasn't T-Mobile moving to LTE? Yes. Both, basically everybody's moving to LTE now. Right, because it's that way better. That is basically the new 4G. Well, it's the actual, I think it's the actual official 4G. If, if, is it 4G? No, it's LTE? not. 4G was different than LTE. I think this one that was labeled as 4G LTE. Oh. It actually isn't better. Uh, the, the 4G network, in my opinion, was better because you could talk and data at the same time. Yeah, this one you, you, you can't. Right. So it's on either Sprint or on T-Mobile, and it what just picks the better signal? Or on Wi-Fi. Or on Wi-Fi if it's available. Yes. So the company says that there are more than a million free open Wi-Fi hotspots that they verified to be fast and reliable. So it will it will first go to Wi-Fi. And then if there's no Wi-Fi, then it will pick the better cellular signal between Sprint and T-Mobile. And if you are, you know, traveling down the road, it will hop between all three of them without dropping the call. That's very cool. That is, that's really neat there. That's a neat little trick. Without dropping the call. Yeah, no, you you will start on one, and if you lose the signal, it will... Well, it'll hop to the next before you lose the first signal. Yes. Because it'll probably use the first signal as a backup in the meantime. That's awesome. And 20 bucks for unlimited talk and text is not bad. I just checked. Uh, For me, I'd have to spend about 40 bucks a month. I am currently spending 40 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 3 gigs of data. I'm currently spending 30 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. Yeah, so I would have to go up to 50 for my 40. I'd have to go to infinite for mine. Because you have unlimited data on Sprint. I have unlimited data. The reason why I said it would cost about 40 is I just checked on my phone and I'm using... Just a hair over a gig a month. Now, the uh, other caveat on this is the fact that whatever data you don't use, yeah. you get refunded. Oh, so it would cost me like 32 bucks a month. Yeah, so if you use 200 megabytes, you'll get refunded $8. So it's, it's prorated. Yeah. Okay. So technically, it could be cheaper for me, or it couldn't. Depends on my data usage for the month. Yeah, and I, I feel like you'd start practicing smarter data usage, right? You'd try and get on more Wi-Fi networks. Oh, I do that you'd, anyway right now. You'd wait for certain times to look at things. You do that right now, and you have three gig right now. Yeah, I know, and I only use about a gig of it. Most of that is just uh, GPS and other sort of data. Maps data? Yeah, maps data. So the question would be for me, do I want to maybe spend a little bit extra to be able to connect to a Sprint network as well as T-Mobile? You'd also need a new phone. I'd also need a new phone, which is the Nexus 6, which is, what, about $500? Something like that. 
pretty expensive. Next six, six unlocked. Let's see what the price is. Six hundred bucks. Wow, not bad for my guess. Not bad. The price is whoa. The price is bad. I mean, that's that's six hundred bucks. My my guess was not bad. No, your guess was pretty spot on. Yeah. So yeah, they're trying to shake things up. A lot of people said, oh, it's just like any other cellular carrier. But the interesting fact here is that that Google is like, I don't care what carrier we're on. You're on Sprint, you're on T-Mobile, you're on a Wi-Fi, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing to the phone. So they're... It, that's the surprising bit there is... Well, but, but it's not the same thing to the phone because you're charged for data on two of those things. Yes, but between Sprint and T-Mobile, the phone doesn't care. It could be one, it could be other. The phone doesn't care as long as there's a connection. Right, but weren't Sprint and T-Mobile planning on merging anyway? They were thinking about it. SoftBank was really trying to get that to go through. So it may not matter in the near future. True. The other fun bit is the fact that since it uses Hangouts as well, yeah, that you can also, you know, if you don't have your phone on, it will just, you know, call your computer because it's Hangouts. I mean, I've got that right now. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> that's just because it's an Android phone. Yeah, I've got that set up through my Google Voice. So if people call my Google Voice number, then it will... Ring your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it will ring my computer. So it seems like it, it's a big announcement, but at the same time, it's not a big announcement. It's, it's groundbreaking because it's Google. It's not groundbreaking but, because all the pieces are basically already it there. groundbreaking? Like, this feels like Google just said, eh, let's just get these two things to work together, and it doesn't seem like it was that much. Like, it's cool that the phone won't drop your call switching from one network to the other. That's cool. But that's it. It's just a bit of programming that they were able to do. Like that's that's it. Yeah, that's the big piece of this that I see. Everything and and refunding I, you the I mean, money for unused data. That one's that's that is huge. And you know maybe their their business practices will change. When I do this, I'm, I like I'm getting a cell phone bill from Google. Correct. Yes. Okay. So maybe there's some differences there. Like maybe their thirty dollars will actually be thirty dollars, not thirty dollars plus this fee and this convenience fee and this charge and this fee. Well, they are probably still because they are going to be using the cellular networks. They are going to have to collect the universal service fund and the local and state taxes. So those those taxes and fees will still be on there. So there's not going to be much change between one cell phone bill and the other. Okay. So not much reason to do this then. No. Okay. Not really. No. Huh. If I if I didn't have as good of a plan as I did, then I might think about it. But why wouldn't you have that good plan right now? I don't know. Maybe I was on some dumb plan from AT&T or Verizon. And if you were on that dumb plan, do you think that you'd be moving to a different plan? Maybe, or I probably already would, already would have moved. Right. <laughs> it's like, if you're on that plan still, it's because you haven't moved off of it to a better plan. Yeah. So I, I might just be ignorant of something, but I don't see this being that revolutionary. So Laura, yeah, the more I talk about it, the less, ooh. Right. It, it's Google is what it is. And yeah. there's a mystery, like a, a mystery around that and a, a kind of a cult around that. But really, when you break it down, it's like, okay, cool. So what? Anyway, Laura just reminded me because she logged into it behind me. Heroes of the Storm has a release date. Oh, June. June 2nd. There will be an open beta on May 19th. So, Grant, I'm already in the beta. I haven't yep. touched it. You know, I tried a couple of the tutorials and then you, just, you, you know. You might want to start playing with us again. We've got six people now playing. Yes, but what time? Um, really any time. 
Like, I'm willing to bet after this podcast I could get a couple people on to play. No, I'm good. All right. It's a fun game. I, I, eh. It's coming up for a review soon. Oh, I don't doubt it. And I, it was, eh. Okay. Meh. It did have that classic feel of, because you, you could tell that it came from uh, StarCraft Blizzard. and WarCraft. Because it but just had that same it, feel it from those old games. It came from Blizzard is what it Yeah. Came. Same feel, nothing. It came from Blizzard. Well, I'm just saying the whole Dota experience. And by Dota, I mean, you know, Heroes of the Storm. So, speaking of video games and um, Steam. Yeah. $5. What about? If you're a Steam user and you have not spent $5, you will not be able to do the following. Send friend invites, open group chat, vote on Greenlight, Steam reviews, and workshop items, participate in the Steam market, posting frequently in the Steam discussions, gaining Steam profile levels, and trading cards, Submitting content to the Steam Workshop, posting an item on Steam Workshop discussions, accessing the Steam Web API, <laughs> and using a browser and mobile chat. So, in other words, in order to use a lot of the features of Steam, you have to yes. pay $5. Yes. Now, it's not just like you have to send them $5. It's you have to purchase $5 worth of stuff. Actually, no. No? Users don't have to buy a game, but $5 must be placed in the Steam wallet to access the restricted features. Ah, so you can get away with just giving them $5. Yes. Because once it's in the wallet, it's actually their money. Yes. It's an interesting solution. It's one way of stopping the spammers is... Yeah, because it's been getting bad lately. I've yeah. been getting like two or three friend requests a week from spammers. Yes. And fishers. It's like, oh, great, another spammer. All right, ignore. Yep. Port. Yep. Like, I don't... Who the hell is this? I don't know this person. Go away. Ignore, ignore, ignore. Yeah. So that's an interesting way of doing it. Another interesting thing is the fact that they're launching paid mods. Yes, and there was a, a bit of a snafu on that. I don't doubt it because I'm sorry, but I feel like the modding community do it for the love of the game some do but it's also a really great opportunity right you you see all the people i mean to an extent they've been doing it in team fortress 2 yes and they've been doing it for some time in team fortress 2 so to an extent this has already existed because they had the user created weapons and everything right and the non-combative items that are just skins hats 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 all the hats but there, the it, it was not handled well, shall we say, for the launch, and so some modders got in trouble with the community because the the mod that they built and were selling was using other mods as well that were available for free, and it had not been made clear by Valve at the beginning that this was actually the expected behavior that mods can definitely use other free mods. That mm, that seems a little weird. Granted, there are some things in the open source community which say, hey, this is free, and if you're going to make money off of it, that's fine. Yes, but as I long as it remains free. Yeah. Free well, as in speech, not as in beer. There are some that say, like, okay, you, you can... There are some that say this is free as in both speech and beer. Yeah. You can use it and make it free as in speech, but still charge for it. Yes. Yep. I don't know. I I have a feel. I don't like. I feel like the modding community has always just been about. Hey, we do it for the love of the love game. Of the game. We do it because this is broken and somebody needs to fix it. 
There's actually a couple of really good mods I remember from Evil Genius that were done way after the development of the game had ended. Yeah, because it broke. Because there were still bugs. A couple of broke things. They're like, oh, and we'll just do this there so you can actually have, you know, 100 people in your base rather than just 50. Or the, oops, you killed this person and now you can't finish the game. Yes. That was my personal favorite. (laughs) Gotta love those bugs. So do you think it's going to stick around this whole... I think it'll be... Yeah, it's going to stick around for a while. It's going to have a rough start, but then people will start to find where it belongs and what belongs in it. Does Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And your car. And John Deere tractors. Okay. The John Deere and um, the Auto Alliance Group, which is a group of the major automotive manufacturers. Think of one of the big guys, and most likely they're part of the Automotive Alliance. GM, Ford, Chrysler. Yeah, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Mitsubishi, Porsche, Toyota, Volkswagen, yada, yada, yada. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are stating that... Um, the ability to access the electronic control module, basically the computer of your car, yes, should be considered illegal due to the DMCA. What? Yes. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, who is accessing this? Because I know I certainly have never ever accessed the ECU of my car. People who wanna mod around with things. With what things? The timing. That that could be part of it. There's a lot of the. What was it? It was a uh, fuel injection ratio. Actually, yes. There. Um. It was a Ford Mustang. We talked about that many years ago. That had a special key for the car. Do you remember this? Vaguely. Where you would take the key, you would drive your car normally to the track. Then you'd turn your car off. You'd pull out your special track key put that in, turn it on, and then that would reprogram the computer in your car to change all your fuel ratio, change all your your suspension settings, and basically turn it into a non-street legal car, but a perfect track car. It would turn it into a race car. Then you'd just drive it around the track using your race key. Once you were done, you'd take that out, put your street key back in, turn it back on, and then everything would be reprogrammed to make it street legal again. But Okay, so A, was the key reprogramming it or just activating a second mode? Probably activating a second mode, but it was still adjusting. And and was that done by Ford? That was done by Ford. But what would stop a third-party company from making their own key with their own settings? I.e., let's say you got a new air intake for your Mustang, and they said, hey, the, the race key is great, but we want you to use... Another key, because we've tested our new air filter and air intake, and you should probably reprogram your computer to do this, this, and this. The problem is, right now, the anti-circumventing aspect of the DMCA prohibits other people from accessing your computer. Right. I just don't feel that this is very widespread or at all relevant to the majority of people in the world or... Like, is it that big an issue if you don't have access to the the computer in your car? I guess there is an ownership question, right? Yes. Who owns the computer in your car? Technically, you don't, because the code that is run off of that computer is owned by the car manufacturer. So when I purchase the car, they own the code or the computer? They own the code that's that's run on the computer. So you cannot 
you, you, you could, if you wanted to, you could change your tires, you could change your suspension, you could change this, that, and the other thing with it. But as soon as you started to tinker around with changing a zero to a one, then you're, you're illegal now. Could I swap out the computer? I do believe so. But there's, oh, that's asking for a lot of trouble. I mean, if I can swap out the computer, then this whole thing feels like it becomes moot because I could actually just put in a third party computer. Andy, I got a great idea for a company. <laughs> company that just does computer swappage? That makes computers for cars. I could see it. Third-party computers. Your car runs on Linux. What's really funny, though, is the fact that I... So I said John Deere was also on this yeah, whole... Yeah, where, where does that come in? Because um, they are saying that they don't want people to change the computers inside their tractors. There are computers inside tractors? Oh, yeah. Well, tractors basically just a very specialized automobile now. John Deere even argued that letting people modify the computer systems would result in them pirating music through the onboard entertainment system. What? Yeah. What? That's the, other, that's the other part of this thing is the fact that I'm not sure that people even understand what they're arguing about. I'm not sure the people at John Deere understand what a computer is based on that statement. That's, that's some pretty heavy modifications there. That is not just like a, oh, they opened the case and now they can connect to the internet and download music. You know what it was? Someone modded their tractor and put Spotify on it. And by that, I mean they, like, put a cell phone that has Spotify and wired it into the speakers. Are there speakers on a tractor? Yes. Yes, there are. There's a lot. You could get air conditioning. You can get massaging, heated seats. You could do... They probably put, like, their cell phone in and, and wired it into the speakers. Probably something like that. Okay, so the EFF is having a big hoopla about this. Yeah, I, I can, yeah. So um, Jalopnik carried the story, and since, you know, they're an automotive website, somebody from the Automotive Alliance got messaged, messaged them about this. Yeah. So here's a little excerpt about... Um, from the Automotive Alliance. There's misunderstanding here attached to all our full comments. Would you guess to discuss the nationwide memorandum of understanding that is in place in respect to the aftermarket part industry, so i.e. third party creating, you know, chips and everything. It is important to note that in addition to the Alliance, the Association of Global Automakers, the Automotive Aftermarket Industry Association, and the Coalition for Auto Repair Equality are part of the memorandum of understanding. So they get a free pass. So the the aftermarket people are already part of this agreement here, so they don't have to worry about breaking the law because there's already a memorandum of understanding with the Automotive Alliance. The real issue of concern here is that the sophisticated computers and vehicles are so intertwined that they shouldn't, for security and safety and environmental reasons, be allowed to be tinkered with. So they're saying that your computer is such an integral part of your car, you should not be allowed... To touch it. To touch it. (laughs) That's, that's There's a balancing act here, right? Yeah. It's it's the personal freedom to do what you want with your own stuff versus safety and intellectual property. So you can you can you can change a lot of integral parts of your vehicle. You could change all your wheels. They don't care about that. But if you touch that code, God well, help you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's what's going on. Your car is actually now protected under the DMCA, which I feel like is wrong. I feel like I don't know enough about the legal and moral aspects of this to really make a final judgment. All right. So last little bit here. Um, Yeah. Dave, remember years ago during one of our random topics, you would talk about setting up a video game mutual fund? A, a, A entertainment industry mutual fund. Yes. Yes. 
Well, I was browsing through The Motley Fool and I stumbled upon how to make a portfolio of video game companies. Yes. But <laughs> I was like, oh, look, Dave was here first. Yeah, of course I was. That, that happens a lot. Uh, there's a slight difference between an individual investor's portfolio and setting up and a, a mutual, mutual fund. fund. Yes, yeah. But so The Motley Fool has a, a posting of like, hey, video game industry is big. It keeps getting bigger. Video game industry stocks are relatively safe. They are totally correct in that, from what I can tell. I mean, relatively safe, yes. There's always the chance that EA is going to have a huge, huge flop and, you know, like, three in a row and origin breaks down and someone finds out that there's a virus vector through it and you know it could be bad stuff she could just be like gm saying hey we have an ignition failure oh yeah. uh, you know it just tanks but relatively safe um should point out neither andy nor myself are financial advisors take uh, what we say with a, a grain of salt or just chug a thing of salt don't chug a thing of salt. What would that do to you? Dehydrate you. Also, destroy your kidneys. I did like to point out, though, that they have like, oh, yeah, there's the core stocks. You got your EA, your Activision Blizzard, probably your Ubisoft, like the big heavy hitters who do the AAA titles who can weather a little bit of a storm. Yeah. And then they also have the Zangas and the Kings and that the sort of stuff. speculative stocks. Yeah. So there are two cores. Activision and EA, I have both of those. I kind of wish I had held on to those or bought more. I sold a, a bunch of them a long time ago. Mm. Uh, but just to give people an idea of what the growth of this industry can be like, in 2011 is when I bought these stocks, and EA has grown 153% since then. Activision has grown 100% since then. So four years, really three and a half years, uh, 100% growth. Holy crap. Now, I don't expect it to grow another 100% in another three years, but it's it's just what's out there. Microsoft went up a bunch this week, too. Well, that's what happens when you... Specifically the, yesterday. Yeah, when you beat the analyst ex- expectations. But I find that so ridiculous that as long as you can beat some guy's arbitrary number... I mean, those guys get paid a lot of money to come up with those arbitrary numbers. I know, but you're still... There's a lot of money based off of some guy thinking, oh, I think they're going to make $600 billion rather than, you know, $500 billion. Yeah. And they make $700 billion and then, oh my God, everybody is so excited. Well, even... Well, they made been, a lot of money. It's also on the long the lines of people are saying like, "Oh, I only think they're going to lose a hundred billion." Instead, they only lose forty billion, and then the stock goes up because it's not as bad as everybody thought, yeah. even though they still lost. Well, but you, Andy, you can't expect a company to make money every quarter. No, no, you can't. It takes money to make money. You have to spend it. You have to have losses in the meantime. I say have to, not really have to, but you're going to have expenses. So Microsoft had a much better quarter than people thought they were going to have, and as a result, their stock jumped 10%. Jeez. And so I'm debating whether or not to hold on to that or to just let it go. <laughs> nice thing about Microsoft stock is it pays out dividends. Yes, that's that's why people own Microsoft is the dividends. But a 10% spike is pretty nice. Well, I'll let you debate that while I go on to the uh, random review. Sure. Yeah. How much are you supposed to have in an emergency fund? Three months pay? I do believe so. Okay. Good to know. So, no surprise, since I talked about it last week, but I am reviewing the... Hearthstone! Blackrock Mountain expansion. Hearthstone! 
which uh, Brendan just got into and is now griping to me every once in a while about because he's, you know, playing the ranked mode down in the lower levels and just getting his butt handed to him. Lower levels like rank 10 or lower levels like rank 20? Like sub-rank 20. It's like, why Why is the guy who's ranked level 24 got three legendaries? I'm like, well, he's probably been around a while and the things restart every yeah, month. Every season. Yeah. I made rank 18 last night. I'm currently sitting at rank 11. I haven't been paying much attention to it, though, because Black Rock Mountain is much more fun. Well, some of it is more fun. All right, well, let's hear it. So Black Rock Mountain is the new single-player kind of uh, expansion mode of Hearthstone. Yes. It is designed after not just an instance, like Nax was, but after a, a, a dungeon hub, if you will. Yeah, so you've got your, you got your Black Rock Depths, so you got your Dark Iron Dwarves, you got your... Molten Core. Molten Core Black with your Ragnaros. You got your Blackwing Lair. There's also a hidden laboratory. I don't remember that instance from... Because that was way later than what you played. Okay. That was in Cataclysm. Oh, okay. Fun thing. So, and do you remember Blackwing Lair? Yes. You remember the... Do you remember the, the overall plot of Blackwing Lair? Blackwing Lair was... Um, that was nefarious, right? Nefarian, yes. Nefarian wanting to take over the world? Pretty much, but do you remember who Nefarian was and what he was doing? No. Nefarian was a black dragon. He is the son of Neltharian, Deathwing. Okay. Well, in 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 Hearthstone, you when you're doing the Blackwing layer part of Blackrock Mountain, you fight Nefarian. Yes. So what happens when you play Deathwing? I have no idea. I had I don't have that Which card. Is the card. Well, Nef had like 10 health and Deathwing does 10 damage. Basically, it's an instant win. Uh, not only is it an instant win, but Neff actually says something. Oh? Daddy? <laughs> when you play his father, he actually recognizes it. Oh, wow. That's funny. I see. That's part of the problem is some of these, the, the regular modes, not bad. I can get through that one pretty easily. The class, the class challenges are actually pretty fun. Because, A, they just give you a deck and say, you have to beat him using this deck. Ouch. Which is not, most of them are not bad. I still remember one of the earlier ones, the the Hunter one from the last, from Nax, just gave you a whole deck of web spinners, which is a little just one mana, one one card. But if it gets killed, it turns into just a random beast of some kind. Okay. So you start out with a hand of just like one one cards. So you can play them and then you ha- you have to kill them to see what the other card's going to turn into. Weird. Yeah, no, that one's, that was an interesting challenge. Some of these things are, these challenges are a little bit weirder because there's a lot of card drawing going on. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the heroic modes. Oh. Hard? Some, oh. All right, there's a heroic mode where you have 30 health. The other guy, I do believe, has 60, so he's got twice as much health as you. You have a max of one mana for the entire game, so every turn you can only play one a mana. A card. Yeah, and all the cards are worth one mana. For huh. him, all the cards are also worth one mana, but he gets two mana per turn. So it's it, it's like literally built as a, a huge deficit, and you... you Almost have to game the system in order to beat him. Yeah, well, that's heroic. Heroic yeah, but, dungeons are supposed to be hard. 
Yes, but when you're basically messing with the game mechanics of the AI in order to win, that's not set up right. That's heroic mode. But what I'm trying to say is, you you have to you have to game the AI. You'd like it it the way the AI is set up, the way the AI is programmed. You have to specifically know that oh, if I do this, the AI is not going to do what a normal player would do, but it's going to work how the AI is going to work. So unless you knew that extra little bit, you bashing that, your head I, against the wall, and even then you have to. I still don't see the yes, bashing your head against the wall is part of playing heroic mode. <laughs> I feel like heroic mode should be, is more about the puzzle. And when you have to step outside of the actual playing cards on a board to figure out the puzzle, that's, that's not good. That's, oh, that's, I, I disagree. That's when it gets really good. That's when it's fun. That's lateral thinking. There's a, there's a really good episode of Next Generation that this brings to mind, which is when Data learns to play this really weird game against like the master of that game. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Um... No, not off the top of my head. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Come on, Google. Dang it. Uh, Star Trek, TNG, Data. It was called Peak Performance. Uh, Stratagema was okay. the game. Uh, and this, this guy is like the absolute master of it in the the whole world, in the whole universe. And Data uh, tries to play against him and Data absolutely gets creamed, right? And this is Data. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And so the, the whole thing ends with uh, Data challenging him again. And the guy gets so frustrated because he can't win that he, he actually quits. And because so... He qu- uh, the, the winning strategy was not to play to win. The winning strategy was to play not to lose. Data was trying to play to a draw, which is a very different strategy. So you're saying just because... It's not always the game itself. I just, oh, there was just, I don't know, it was it was frustrating. that It, it was one of the, the times where I actually literally had to net deck. And it's like, oh yeah, if you play this card and this card, suddenly the fight is super easy. And I'm like, well, how the hell was I supposed to know that? I don't know. Someone figured it out. Yes, I know. Somebody figured it out, but that was not me. And that was the frustrating part was I'm trying all these different combinations going, this is not working. All right, what if I try this? Nope, that's not working. All right, what if I try it? Nope, that's not working. Oy. Mm. I, I don't know. know. But yeah, also... The, the only downside to the new expansion, new single player mode, in my opinion, is the cost. Yes, that was what I was also going to say. 700 gold per wing. Because, like, I want to get in there and play. I want to see what this is about, but I can't. Yeah, that's 700 gold per wing, which if you're doing, if you get lucky and get a 60 gold quest every day, well, it's technically uh, 60 gold plus another 16 gold on average, because you win, every time you win three games, you gain 10 gold, so it's 76 gold per day on average if you get lucky. And there are, what, five wings? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. I can't. I think. I think. Yeah, we're on. This is week four. So yeah, seven times five, thirty-five hundred gold divided by seventy-six gold a day, forty-six days at least. How are you getting seventy-six gold a day? Because you get your daily quest, which could either be forty or sixty. I'm just assuming oh, you're so lucky and you get sixty gold. Oh, Most of the sixty mind. gold. It it should also give you uh, ten gold for every three games, right? Yes, which yep. is why I'm saying that, okay, f- the 60 gold are five wins a day. Yep. 
So you'll get three of those, you'll get another 10, so that'll put you up to 70, and then you'll get two-thirds of the 10, which I'm just assuming is six. And that's assuming that you don't get the quest of watch someone win. Yeah, that one was both a blessing and a curse, because hey, free card back pack that's worth 100 gold, but then you have to wait for somebody on your friends list to get online. Yeah. And win. And win. Okay. That's why I was assuming 76. Yeah, 46 days in order to get in here to get a handful of cards. Uh, or pay. Or pay, which I've said I'm not going to pay for this game. That's not so. entirely true, because if you get the 100 gold and then go into the arena and do well, you can come out with much more. You can come out with much more, but then you're talking about seven or eight wins in order to do that. Yep. That seems like a lot more work. Yep. So I'm, I'm slowly chugging along. Slowly so. getting there. Is is the, the is the money worth it to somebody who's starting up new like Brendan or even you? I don't know if it's worth it. No, probably not. I mean, it, it's going to be there, right? It's yes. not that it's like you have no, this Nax, limited window. Nax is to still it. there. This guy is still going to be there. You're still going to have the opportunity. It, the opportunity, but yeah. I would say, wait till you have the money. Wait till you have the money, and wait till you actually have the cards, because some of these. I was looking, after I net-decked the one of them, I was looking to see how my solution to these battles compared to what other people were doing. A lot of these are relying heavily on legendary cards, which, they're legendary, so who yeah. knows if they're actually going to, if you're actually going to get them. I, I don't have legendary cards. I have, like, a handful. Most of them are not that good. I don't, I don't know if I have any. I might have one. I might have a couple. But even the ones I have are not that great. So, yeah. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Of course. What sound does Andy make in his head when he proves David wrong? I would I would say we'd have to wait for that, but Andy proved me wrong. Oh, you didn't prove me <laughs> wrong like, I proved earlier you wrong today. in this episode. It wasn't wrong. It was just uh, an, an alternate viewpoint. I was still right, just not as right. So I love how your answer was, we'll see when it comes to it. Yep. Wow, Mr. Egotistical. Well, here's a good chance for you to prove me wrong. <laughs> I think I'm in my head when I see something that's not right. I don't, I don't say anything afterwards, but beforehand I go, really? And that's just in general. If somebody said something wrong and I'm, I just look at it and I'm like, really? That's not specifically to me, right? That's yeah, just yeah. in general. You're like, really? Is that, is that what's going on? But sometimes I also do my dad's, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kate just commented on already. Yeah. <laughs> She's shaking her head at that too. But yeah, the uh, what sound do I make? Really? That's that's pretty much it. It's a, Dave do something wrong? Re- really, Dave? Really? I don't recall hearing that very often though. Well, that's because it's all in my head. Ah. And you're not in that, my head. Do I do that very often? I can't think of the last time that you have done that. Okay. Then I also can't think of what I had for breakfast yesterday. Well, there's an easy way to around that, Andy, which is to just have the same thing for breakfast every day. Kate told me I had a banana. You had a banana for breakfast yesterday. And I think a granola bar. I had oatmeal. Mm. And a bowl of fruit. Mm. What was that? No, that was two days ago, not yesterday. Yesterday I didn't have breakfast. <laughs> so you were wrong. I was wrong. Really, Dave? Except you didn't prove me wrong. I was just wrong. There's Do you a want difference. me to? Do you want me to the next time in my head I think really actually say to you really? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, I'll let you know. Okay. And with that, that's a wrap. 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.